0: it's it's very very similar but which place when you left where did you get the butterflies for or when you walked in and you saw the ceremony room which place did you picture yourself walking down that aisle or standing in front of that archway or or whatever feature it might have been which one did you actually see yourself there um, with your partner and that's the one that's the one that you'll get the the best feel for welcome to the yes to i do podcast your weekly wedding planning show hosted by jack brister and chris Piercy. Hi
1: there, and welcome to Yes Do I Do Your Wedding Planning podcast. My name is Chris Piercy. I'm joined as always by Jack Brister. Say hi, Jack. Hello. And don't say hi, Jack, on a plane. Um, still not funny. Still uh, not funny. Today, still not funny. Uh, Today we were joined by Frankie, who is a wedding coordinator at the Italian Villa down in Dorset. Uh, We were talking to her about all things wedding planning, uh, in particular the best tips on choosing your wedding venue. And this is how we got on. Frankie! Frankie! Obviously, I've been here quite a lot in the past, uh, so I know uh, quite a lot about the venue. Obviously, Italian Villa is the place we're at right now. Uh, Could you tell Jack what makes the Italian Villa so special.
0: Yeah absolutely so we're the Italian Villa and we're based in the grounds of Compton Acres so we're in Camford Cliffs in Poole um, and we're an exclusive event venue so you get the whole hire of the whole Italian Villa all day so it would just be you and your wedding guests here and you get access into all of Compton Acres Gardens so for photo opportunities you've got 10 acres of different themed botanical gardens with rose gardens, waterfalls so loads of different photo opportunities and then you've got the exclusivity of the whole Italian villa for just you and your guests
1: it's a really incredible place Jack you've seen obviously you've seen I've worked here quite a lot in the past you've seen photos that I've put up on Instagram and Facebook before presumably yes uh, yeah and so, I can
2: see how stunning some of the uh, some of the photos are for sure yeah it looks great
1: it's a it's, it's it really is quite something when the first time I ever worked it's probably going back about four years and I just could not believe it because I'm sure you won't be offended as a company to say that from the front the building doesn't look too it doesn't look too grand it's hmm. like a hidden gem because as soon yeah, as you get exactly. out the back of it you're just like wow this is Somewhere really, really special, and it's it's a it's a real place to make memories and to like capture those amazing photographs that every couple wants, of course.
0: Exactly. Being so so we're so central to Paul and Bournemouth Town Centre that it's actually like you say an absolute hidden gem. That deep sort of in the middle of in the middle of Pool, you've got access to all of these gardens and just amazing backdrops and, and photo opportunities. Definitely.
1: So, Frankie, how long have you been a part of the uh, Italian Villa team? Because there's quite a lot of you here, isn't there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I've been here for in total coming up about three and a half years. So I was an um, event management student at Bournemouth uni, mm-hmm. and I came here and did my placement here so for about 14 months, I was doing the operations side of it, so sort of villa manager and running the weddings. Um, then I went back, finished my last year of uni and have now come back on the sort of coordinating um, an inquiry team, so in total about three and a half, nearly four years so yeah
1: was there ever any question you were going to go anywhere else after you worked here on your placement?:
0: No, absolutely not. I just really got the bug for weddings and being in a part of someone's special day and I absolutely love the venue as well so it just makes it easier just to work somewhere that you love so I really enjoy it.
1: I always get this sense as a a real sense of team spirit here Uh, I think that there's so many great staff all of them are friendly all of them seem to remember who I am when I turn up and (laughs) remember me and my name and it's a which is always a nice thing rather than going that that magic bloke over there in the corner (laughs) or whatever so yeah I I think it's a definitely a sense of um, camaraderie because there must be people here who have been here for absolutely ages now
0: yeah definitely especially some of the um the chefs and the operations managers and people like that they've just been here for years but I think the nature of the wedding industry and you probably know as well it, you, it does sort of not take over your life but it becomes such a big part of your life and we're here and the hours are long and you know so you've got to get on with everyone and be feel like you're part of a team and a family so we definitely have that here
1: that's great it's a really fantastic thing to have uh,
2: so Frankie you briefly mentioned there that you've got chefs and stuff so do you because I'm Chris mentioned this very briefly to me and I think this is something that would be unfair of you not to mention really about your uh your catering side of the business as well do you want to talk about that briefly
0: yeah absolutely so we are first and foremost actually a catering company so we're Beals Gourmet Catering and Beals Gourmet actually run and manage the villa um so first and foremost we are a catering company and we cater um at local venues in, in Dorset, so Loworth Castle, Sopley Mill, Highcliffe Castle and St Giles House, just to name a few. Um, but we'll also do private marquees and a lot of private dining parties and things like that. Um, so Beals Gourmet are the in-house caterers here at the Italian villa. We do all the food and all the drink for the day and we've got a team of dedicated chefs that are here sort of seven days a week, um, ready to do all the all the menus and tastings and things like that.
1: So the thing is, if, if you're not local to Dorset and you're listening to this, then the, the, the venues that uh, Frankie's just reeled off, you may, may or may not know them, but they are venues which are at the very uh, high end of the market. So th- that is the... the the level which Beale School may work out. So, I mean, L- Low of Castle, I have to say, no offence to the Italian villa, which comes in, <laughs> it comes in a close second, Low of Castle is my favourite venue to work at because it's, it's just so incredible. But
0: Beautiful, it yeah. It is
1: absolutely stunning. Uh, but more often than not, uh, Beale School may is the one providing the food there because I think they're one of only two suppliers that are actually yeah, allowed to...
0: absolutely. Yeah, there's yeah. only two
1: suppliers that are, they'll actually allow in to do the the food there. And like uh, St. Giles House as well as another very exclusive venue too. So, yeah very much working at the very high end of the market and I can honestly say and this is always really difficult to get across when you're just talking about it but their food is divine (laughs) I mean I think that if I was to choose one thing one sweet thing to only ever eat for the rest of my life it'd probably be the chocolate brownie
0: yeah (laughs) it's it's
1: dangerous for anyone uh even
2: considering weight loss because it's just so Damn delicious, <laughs> Chris. Is it? It's the. No, really whenever good. you know that they're, they're, these guys are catering, are you trying to sneak a meal into your contract or something? So like, yes, I, I just you know, I do usually eat at these kind of things, and uh, you know, it's just how it works. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'd be
1: I'd be lying if I said that's not always at the back of my mind somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I realise I'm only here for five minutes, but a meal is actually necessary. No.
0: <laughs> it's hungry work. <laughs> is it
1: absolutely, it's very high energy, burn up a lot of calories. Those calories do need to be replaced, yeah. right? Oh, um, definitely. So. Tony Bills that uh, set it all up and uh, kind of runs the show. Uh, does he still do the, all of the, the cooking parts as well? Or is he more of the on the entrepreneurial side of things now?
0: He does do a bit of both. His passion's definitely. He loves it when he's in the kitchen with the chefs. He loves coming up with new menus and being really involved with the cooking. So that's where he would, if he could choose, he'd probably spend all of his time in the kitchen just because he absolutely loves it and loves working with the team down there. Um, obviously needs must he comes back into the office and does a few of the sort of um entrepreneurial bits as well and and sort of logistically he's very involved in the planning of, of the everyday sort of running of, of what we do um, but definitely that is his passion and that's where it all started really so he used to cook um on private yachts sort of all over europe and and put, and cooked for sort of european royalty at times as well um, and then he came back to dorset and thought i'm going to start now and bring really high-end food to, to dorset
1: it's the sort of thing that I think is perhaps needed because uh, Dorset is kind of very blessed with some very high-end venues, but it's also blessed with some less high-end venues <laughs> is a nice way of saying it, I think. So I, I think there was possibly, a, at the time when the villa was set up, there's definitely a niche in the market there. And you know, with the amount of weddings that you do here is obviously one which you're filling up. So how, how many weddings do you do at the villa on average in a year?
0: So we do coming up sort of, Definitely over 150, between 150, 180 sort of every year. Um, so, yeah, we do <laughs> do a lot of weddings.
1: Now, now, what I like about that is it because I mean, some venues, and I think Lowarth do this now, is Lowarth will only do one wedding a week. Um, which is absolutely fine. That's how they want to run things, so no problem with that at all. But it does mean that, that, that the price is the price, and that's and that's it essentially. Whereas if you get married at the villa, if you get your heart set on it, maybe you can't afford a Saturday in the summer price. Mm-hmm. It means that because you, you do uh, kind of midweek discounts and you do yeah. off-peak discounts, it means that you can get the get your venue that the venue that you really want at a lower price just by compromising on the, the day of the week or maybe the month so and I, yeah. and I think that's a really good thing to do for couples
0: yeah definitely so we appreciate like you say um, you love the villa and, and the grounds and everything we want to just make it acceptable and, and everyone to be able to, to be involved in that so we'll do sort of winter wedding packages and, and things like that and just tailor it as much as we can to suit everyone's needs
1: I think a lot of people would probably actually be interested to know because we're going to be moving on to our topic of the day in, in just a few moments but Obviously, when the when when a venue tells you the price of the venue, um, what typically do most venues include in that price? I mean, what's because some people just go, well, oh, that much just for getting to use the venue. What, what's
0: normally included? Yeah, so it does it does vary. We um, are quite unique to a certain extent in that we do have in-house caterers so within your price with us it is including your food and drink which is probably the main difference that you'd find with somewhere um, that was just a dry hire so included in our package um, with with catering included would be venue hire so the hire of all three floors of the villa all day. Uh, We would then price for a wedding breakfast per head whether that be a three course meal or a barbecue, hog roast, paella sort of whatever um, the couple wanted. Uh, We'd then include a drink package for the day um, and then we'd do an evening buffet as well and all of that would come together to make your package with us and then staffing and, and everything else would be all included.
1: And they get access to you as, you or one of the other teams as a coordinator as well to so help you yeah, go through all of that.
0: absolutely. So included, you'd get a coordinator that would help with all the planning side of it. So we would do menus, timings, help with suppliers and things like that. And then you'd get an event manager from the operations team to run the day for you. So we can do your announcements, we'll play all your music and sort of do all behind the scenes so the couple can just switch off and relax and <laughs> we'll take care of the rest.
1: Yeah, but that, that's what they want to do, really. They want to be, you know, I mean, that's an awful lot... Um, t- to get for your money and I think that often couples don't realize that because they they'll go oh that's how much it is just to get this so yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think that's uh, definitely that anyone listening who hasn't got their venue yet definitely needs to consider and I think that actually moves us on perfectly to our topic of the day uh, which was kind of something we kind of decided between the three of us um, and it was tips on choosing your wedding venue so if you've already uh, chosen your wedding venue and you're listening then you know hopefully you'll kind of get reaffirmed in the, in your decisions by how you come to this decision. Um, but for anyone who hasn't chosen yet, hopefully you're going to get some really great advice uh, from Frankie mainly, because <laughs> she's the person that works in the, in the venue. But uh, hopefully me and Jack might be able to add something as well. So um, is there... Straight off the bat, is there something that you think of straight away that couples need to be doing?
0: Yeah, I would say definitely when you're first starting at the very beginning looking for your venue is to make what I would call a wish list. So just think, is there anything in particular that you really want to have in your venue? Is there a location? Do you want to be near the beach? Would you like to have garden photos? Or, you know, are you looking for a barn style? Do you want a more contemporary house? You know, what what are you looking for? And make yourself a wish list and then you can sort of tailor it off and think, Oh, okay am I going to go and view this venue because it fits my wish list and sort of just work out exactly what what theme and styling you're looking to be going for.
1: So just heading slightly back just to kind of um, talk about the villa just for a moment <laughs> is there any theme that the villa can't cover because obviously you, you, it's almost a bit like a blank canvas inside to a certain extent so is there anything you, can, you, can you do every theme here do you think?
0: I think yeah I think we are really really flexible in that like you say we're a blank canvas so there's not There's not too much um, that's going to overpower. You know, it's nice and neutral. It's it's sort of modern contemporary, but you do have, um, you've got that nice sort of Italian and and European feel to it as well. But you can sort of bring in as much or as little as you want, really. I'd say the only thing is that, um, obviously, we're garden-based for photos and things. But we do, we're about a two-minute drive from Sandbanks Peninsula. So if you wanted to pop out for sort of 20 minutes or so and get beach photos, you have got the sort of the beauty of having both options there as well.
1: I think that one of the things that strikes me is when you're choosing a venue is, if you've got a very strong theme in mind, then that is going to strongly influence what your venue choice is going to be. Yeah. So if if you if you're going very very bohemian uh, with, with your wedding plans, then obviously a, a, a brand new kind of contemporary venue mm-hmm. might mm-hmm. not be the perfect fit for you. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. uh, that's something that definitely needs to be uh, considered. Um, what else pops into your mind? Obviously, budget's got to be a consideration as well. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So you're thinking sort of budget-wise, um, you know, what end of, of the market are you looking for? Things like, do you want to have accommodation on site? Is that really important to you? Um, do you need to have exclusive hire? So are you, would you like to be just you and your guests on site? or Are you happy for a hotel perhaps where you know you're, you might have other, other members of the public there with you um we mentioned catering as well so are you happy to go for a venue that's got in-house caterers or would you like to have the control to be able to bring in a pizza van or something a bit more low-key and informal Um, so there's just a few things to sort of take into account and like capacity does the venue that you're looking at does it hold your guest numbers do they have minimum numbers and things like that
2: so when you're, you're choosing a venue obviously um you you make this wish list and if um your criteria, there's no venues in your local area that kind of fit that criteria. Would you recommend, you know, either compromising on the criteria or would you say look further afield and what kind of considerations do you need to think about when going further afield?
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I would say always don't be afraid to, to go a little bit further afield. I would say guests like to make a weekend out of a wedding anyway. Um, people are happy to travel and, you know, your family and friends want to be with you and they want to celebrate the day. So they're going to make the um, the travel where, wherever you're you're thinking of heading. Um, I would just always perhaps do a little bit more research and give a bit more information so if a lot of your guests are going to have to travel perhaps with your save the dates and your invites send out hotel information um get a bit bit of information about access and transport and you might want to think into perhaps putting on minibuses or coaches from a certain point and just giving a little bit of more of a helping hand perhaps and just explaining to your guests hotel and, and how to get there
1: I think that's about the most thorough answer we could have possibly had to that question. It was in- incredible. Nailing it today, Frank, <laughs> th- which is why we wanted to get you on the show, which is fantastic. Uh, I-, I think one consideration which um, might not have popped into your head, I don't know. I, I see that you've made some pretty thorough notes, uh, is the fact, obviously, if you're, if you're getting married um, slightly further afield, it means it lessens the chance that maybe a friend of yours has got married there before. So I think a lot of people will will immediately rule out a venue if the, one of their friends has got married there because like, well, cause you feel like they're stepping on the, their toes or something. Do, do, what, what's your opinion on that? Do, do you think that a venue is off limits once a friend's got married there or because each wedding is different, is it absolutely
0: fine? What, what do you think? Yeah, I think this is definitely we talk about this a lot in, in the team as well and I think you do come to that um, certain age where it's like a snowball effect and one of your friends is getting married and then all of your friends, you know, everyone starts getting married and I think that's honestly personal preference i think like you say every wedding day we see it here we do so many weddings but every single one is different and has such a different feel so in my opinion i would say you don't it doesn't have to be off limits if a, if a friend's gone for it you can make your day really unique um and like and many venues like we are here you can have completely different suppliers so you're not held to a certain band or dj or any entertainment so you can tailor it as much as you want um but like you say we're, we're lucky down here that there are so many different options so you can normally <laughs> try and find um a place that your friends haven't gone to but if not i would say if you fall in love with the venue it doesn't matter who's been married here before your day's going to be really unique anyway
1: and if anything you can um Take their advice on board from what their experience was of the venue yeah, as well. Yeah,
0: exactly. They have probably got some tips and tricks and, and things that they've managed to um, to find in the venue, and, and you can use that to, to make your day even better. Yeah.
1: And I think I cut Jack off. as he was about to make a, a point. So sorry about that. That's all right. No, what I was. You had to say? I was
2: just gonna. I was gonna make almost the same point as you there, Chris, about the um, the friends perhaps even being able to offer some advice on having been married at that venue before. Because I, I met a couple. Uh, at a wedding fair a couple of weeks ago and I and they were getting married at a venue that was about 70 80 miles away from where the the wedding show was so I asked them why why are you getting married there are you based down there and you happen to have you know happen to be up here for the weekend or something and they said no we're based here but all of our friends have used the good venues in this area so now we're going down there to just <laughs> move out of the way and I I I thought that was very interesting that you brought that up and I happened to meet these people last weekend um, so yeah, I think actually getting married somewhere where someone else has already got married is perfectly okay because they will have advice and tips that, that, uh, that you may not have even considered or thought of before. And obviously you've got the personalization of each individual, um, wedding. Cause I've been, we've done as many weddings as we've done hundreds of them. And I can't say I've ever been to the same wedding twice. Yeah, that's a very,
1: very good point. Actually. I mean, I, yeah, hundreds of weddings and no two are the same because, you know what makes a wedding vastly different is the people that attend it as well so you know that's because that makes up the kind of dynamic format of what a what a wedding is essentially the people who attend and speaking of who the people who are going to attend yeah don't be afraid to go further afield because the people who you really want to be there will make the effort i mean you know people go to the other side of the world for weddings you know friend friend of mine early this year uh, flew to new zealand for a wedding you know, people the people who you want to be there, uh, who love you, will go there. So if it's seventy, eighty miles, the people will still go there. If it's a hundred miles, if it's a thousand miles, the people you want to still be there. And it means that the people you only half want to invite won't make the effort. So you, you can invite them without the danger of them actually coming. So that's a little tip for you as well. Um, yeah, I, you didn't hear me say that though.
2: No, I I, I do agree <laughs> with you though. I've uh, I've had that conversation <laughs> with people before. <laughs> <laughs> we're inviting
1: these people with no expectation of them coming, and we're really happy about that. But, uh, you, you, you wouldn't be as controversial as to say something like that, would you, Frankie? Oh gosh, no, no, <laughs> no, absolutely not, absolutely not. Um, so, is there anything that springs to your mind at the moment, Jack, in terms of uh, tips and tricks you picked up along the way?
2: I think something that's quite important as well that perhaps you wouldn't necessarily consider, because obviously once you've made this wish list and things, and you've narrowed down the venue, so maybe you get the wish list down to maybe three or four venues. And what then differentiates them from that point onwards. And I think something that's important are the people who work there. Because you're going to be spending... Well, first of all, you're going to be spending all day there with them. So you need to make sure that you get on with them for your wedding day. But also in the lead up up to it, you spend a lot of time talking to those people, planning out the day and how it's going to work. So I think that's something that you need to consider as well.
1: Yes, it's an interesting point, actually. So Frankie, how, how much contact do you have with couples... Is it kind of a weekly, is it a monthly thing um, leading up to the, and kind of, I guess it's a little bit towards the start. Uh, maybe tails off a bit and then a lot more towards the like final six months or something like that. Was yeah, it?
0: yeah, absolutely. So um, I completely agree that it's so important when you're going to, even from your first initial viewing, like you say, if you get a feel for um, the person that you meet or the team that you meet and showing around, um, then they're the people you're going to be working with um, for the next year or two. So you want to build up and feel like you've got a bit of a connection with them. Um, we talk to people, like you say, sort of at the initial inquiry, we're, we're putting their packages together, making sure they're happy and, and what. Wanting to confirm with us um, we're there at the beginning then as well we give a lot of information and, and support in terms of choosing suppliers and getting those important things sort of booked in early on that you want to get sort of the date in the diary and things like that um, and then we'd sort of touch base again like you say sort of six months before we would do a bit of a um, a bit of a tally up make sure you know you're you're aware of what details we need and, and how everything's coming together and from then on i'd say we're we're pretty much in almost constant constant contact really we're we're um t- our team myself, we're we're in the office sort of six days a week so we're there for answering any phone calls and emails and i'd say it's almost yeah weekly <laughs> every few days apart we'll um we'll have a bit of a, a touch base with with couples
1: Fantastic, and I, and I think that's really important once again, reiterating the point that um, Sadie Oswald made in her podcast uh, a few weeks back about having a connection with the people who you, with your wedding suppliers because they've got to get you, they've got to get your wedding. So just reaffirming that. Is there anything else you want to add before we move on to our to our next section? Is there anything that you've not mentioned from your beautifully prepared list of uh, <laughs> things you wanted to mention? Um, More prepared I, than us? <laughs>
0: um, I would just say um, to go in view as you know, as many places as, you so you whittle it down, you do your research and if you like the look or like a, a certain element of a venue, then go and have a look because places are so different in person than they are in, in photos and that's what I always try to say to everyone, just come and see it and you'll get a feel for it, you'll get a feel for the people um, and just see it firsthand. So just don't be afraid to go and have a look and you might surprise yourself, you, you might fall in love with that barn that you thought you would never go for and it might blow you away. So just go and have a look.
2: I think that's something that's, very true and it's something that people talk about with the wedding dresses. that when you try on the right dress you'll just know and I think it's the same for the venue is that when you are in the right venue you know it's the right venue don't 100%, you 100%
0: yeah yeah definitely I always say you'll get a feel for it and it will just feel like the one so as corny as that sounds
2: <laughs> no I, I think that's that's absolutely true now Chris do you know what time it is is it time for quick fire questions yes it is Fantastic. So
1: well this has been interesting for our first question, because of course we've been talking about tips for choosing your venue, so I'm going to tweak this question slightly with your permission, Jack, which I'm going to assume is granted. Um, so let's so the question is normally your your number one tip for choosing a venue. Now obviously, we've had a whole bunch of tips. so let's assume that a couple is down to two venues venue a or venue b, what would be your number one tip for choosing between the final two venues you got down to, and I'm not having price because that's boring <laughs>
0: um oh, number one tip I think I just said my number one tip would normally be where'd you get the feel for where mm. you know which place um did you get the best feeling for? I would say which place do you, it's, it's very very similar but which place when you left where did you get the butterflies for or when you walked in and you saw the ceremony room which place did you picture yourself walking down that aisle or standing in front of that archway or, or whatever feature it might have been which one did you actually see yourself there um, with your partner and that's the one that's the one that you'll get the the best feel for
1: great answer i love that so moving on to our next question uh what's your favorite wedding story i mean you must have been part of so many weddings there must be so many great ones like what's your favorite wedding story
0: yeah no that's really 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 hard to choose um i would say favorite wedding would be one that we had um about a year ago now and the family were um, all from Africa so there was a massive massive amount of guests we had near on 200 guests here and throughout the whole day was just filled with music and dancing throughout the wedding breakfast they were up dancing around the tables um, and the guests were just having the best time right from the moment they arrived all the way through and there was just so much laughter and yep dancing singing all day long and honestly it was just infectious how much fun they were all having.
1: I think I've done one like that before and it is, yeah, like, infectious is exactly right. What do you mean, if you walk around there without a smile on your face, there's something wrong with your smiling muscles, I think. <laughs> uh,
0: Absolutely. So,
1: conversely, let's uh, let's hear about the, the, the worst wedding story, or the worst thing you've seen happen, happen at a wedding.
0: Yeah, no, so worst is... Um, this is probably one that's that's a bit of a twist. So it, it started off perhaps um, feeling like the worst, but then on a spin turned out to be really amazing. It was um, in the March we just had where we had all that snow that came out of nowhere, yeah. um, and we had a bride getting married um, on the day where it, it sort of settled really heavily in, in Bournemouth and Poole. Just that one sort of overnight, um, and that morning the bride was just she had you know such such a hard work. She was all of her suppliers were ringing and weren't sure if they were going to be able to make it, and um, she was worried if we were going to be there and and, you know she just had all this sort of extra stress that on the morning of your wedding you're just you know it's not it came from nowhere just wasn't expecting it at all um so it was all that trying to pull it all together in in the morning um but honestly it all worked out we opened all our staff got there I think all her suppliers bar one got there and a majority of her guests so in the end she had these amazing photos of the gardens all in the snow um so it came together to to work out in the end but I think I think that was the most sort of unexpected stress that you just wouldn't wish on 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 the morning of a wedding but it came together in the end and i think her photos are absolutely flawless so (laughs) what more could you want
1: yeah so uh... Every cloud has a silver lining. Exactly. And, and like yeah. I always say, and uh, you'll find out why in a few weeks when I tell you, uh, like I always say, um, there's never anything that's actually going to properly ruin a wedding unless that's one of Mark Gerard's stories. If you haven't listened to his podcast, then you need to do that. Because <laughs> the stories in it are absolutely uh, horrifically yeah. horrific, but amazing and gold. And yeah, but uh, go and listen to that for that. So um, which we'll moves on to the next question. I felt like you haven't asked one today. So Jack, do you want to ask the next question?
2: Oh, thank you. You're so kind. Uh the next question, final question is your number one tip for planning a wedding.
0: Yeah, I would say number one tip would be stay excited. So just remember the whole time, remember why you're doing it. You you know, at the end of the day you want to get married and you're going to have the best day of your life, so just enjoy it. Enjoy all the planning of it and just stay excited and with your planning, I would say do it little and often so just keep it like small manageable chunks and then you just save a build up at the end um, and any unnecessary sort of worry or stress so just stay really excited and love the planning process as much as you're going to love the day
1: if only there was a book about exactly that hey jack
2: oh if only there was at, I would, I would want it to be coming out before Christmas if there was one.
1: Well, m- maybe there is a book written by a very handsome magician who does a podcast, who, and that book might even be evenly released by the time this uh, recording is coming out. If so, it's called Blissful Wedding Planning: Becoming
2: a Stoic Bride. Oh, I thought, I thought you wrote the book, not me. Ha!
1: See what you did there. See what you did there. Uh, uh, hopefully, by the time this recording is released, it's already out. It's called uh, Blissful Wedding Planning, Becoming a Stoic Bride, uh, and it's available on Amazon. Go and find it. Uh, that moves us on to our uh, random question of the week. If you were stranded on a desert island, mm-hmm. uh, assuming that you had food and water to keep you, keep you alive, what would be the three things that you would take with you? And you can't say, like, a lifeboat or something <laughs> to get you off. Uh, like really? a cruise ship. So th- three things to take three to, to, to keep you sane.
0: To keep me sane. Okay, I would say... would well, I have electricity on this island? Do I take my, uh, I take my iPad or is this... The, uh,
1: electricity but no internet.
0: Ah, oh, okay. I would take a good book...
1: Okay, it'd definitely be a really, really good book if it's going to keep going forever. A really, a really yeah. long book. If every be War really and Peace, long, wouldn't it? Good.
0: <laughs> <book> <laughs> with lots of twists, a good thriller. Um, I would take maybe something that I could learn as a skill when I was there. Oh, could I, like I learned to I learn to knit, or a, a book on a foreign language. I could learn a language while I was there. And lastly, oh, some chocolate or sweets or something fun. I don't know.
1: I'm, I'm I'm happy but that was an answer.
0: Wine or not <laughs> a,
1: a, a wine tree.
0: Yeah.
1: Why not?
2: And Jack, what will your three things be? Um <laughs> You look like you've got no answer the... <laughs> at all. I mean... Well, so obviously I've got to take a pack of cards with me. I feel like that's that, that's a given. So one. Yep. Um I that's was Mike, I was going well. yeah, I was going along the same idea as Frankie with learning a skill. So I'd probably take like a piano or something like that to learn to play the piano, maybe. Um, and then a third one, I was thinking a book and then I realised obviously you've only got one book. Um, so that's going to make that difficult. So... The dictionary. Dictionary, yeah, maybe I can learn to expand my vocabulary. But I I am yeah, struggling with the third. I would take Wilson the volleyball. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, which brings us to the end of this fantastic episode. I think that in terms of pure amount of planning tips, it's got to be the most jam-packed episode so far. So uh, a massive thank you to uh, Frankie for thoroughly answering everything we could possibly thrown at her. Uh, so if people want to find out more about the Italian villa and uh, Beals Gourmet, uh, where can they do that?
0: So they can go online, so they can go to www.theitalianvilla.co.uk or same again uk, or just phone in the office on 01202 700 992 and we'll be happy to help. Beals is B-E-A-L-E-S. Perfect. Beals Gourmet.
1: And Jack, should they be interested in uh, talking to you, finding out about what you do as a magician, uh, what... What should they do? Uh,
2: They can go to (laughs) www.theluxurymagician.com You can find me on Facebook at Jack Brister, the Luxury Magician or you can find me on Instagram at jbristermagic. And Chris, if people want to find out more about you, where can they go? They can go to www.chrispiercymagic.co.uk P-I-E-R-C-Y, is spelled
1: P-I-E-R-C-Y. You can find me on Instagram, Chris Piercy Magic, or searching Chris Piercy magician will find me on Facebook. Uh, and Jack, if people want to subscribe for the, to the podcast
2: and uh, find it in other places, where are we available? Oh, everywhere. I mean we have this discussion every week and i now come to the conclusion that if you just say everywhere whatever you stream your music, if it's itunes spotify deezer stitcher any of these things we're pretty much on all of them so just have a search for yes to i do weddings uh, and we will pop up that's about a thorough answer as we could wish for uh so
1: finally thank you much for joining us frankie you've been wonderful
0: thank you for having me
1: You're very welcome and welcome back anytime and uh, it's goodbye from me goodbye from me
0: Thank you for listening to Yes To I Do. Please remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram using the tag at Yes To I Do podcast.